Hey, hey, everybody, it's Allison Kaskowski. Thank you so much for tuning in to this edition of the Ultimate Journey of Self-Care. I hope that wherever you are on this Tuesday morning, that you're doing something fun and positive for yourself. So obviously, over the last year, we're sort of closing in on what I like to call the one year since the world stopped. And so we're, we're pretty much into February, approaching March at this point. And so if you can think back to where you were a year ago, what questions would you ask yourself in terms of, okay, what have I learned and what is it that I can do to look after myself in a much better way? And if you've been following my show really for the last several months or even for the last several weeks, you know that I've had the real privilege of interviewing some pretty amazing people about struggles they've overcome and how they view taking care of themselves in that picture somewhere. Um, And this is why we call self-care a journey because it's unique and different for everybody and it's always changing. And my guest today is Michelle Quay. She and I connected online and she is a confidence and leadership mindset coach. She has a a unique story to share about a life-changing experience that really caused her to ask herself some really deep questions and kind of pivot as to what her real purpose is in this world. And so I knew when I when I connected with her that I, I wanted to speak with her and have her share her story with all of you. So Michelle, thank you for joining me today. Thank you so much for having me on the show, Allison. So not a problem. <laughs> not a problem. So so why don't you first, before we get into kind of your story a little bit, why don't you tell my audience a little bit about you and what you do? Yeah. So um, like you said earlier, I'm a mindset coach and I also work full time as a clinical pharmacist. So I've been Ah, uh, been working as a pharmacist for the last 20 or so years. Wow! Right now, I live in Los Angeles, California. Uh I had a cat. Um, His name was Buster, but unfortunately, he passed away on New Year's Day. It was something it was something that's, you know, I'm still trying to recover from it. It's a fresh wound, but Uh I know. I know he's in a really good place. Uh-huh. So I grew up in New York and here I am in California. What a big difference. It's a, I should I, say. yeah, I should say. So, so, so you've been a, you've been a pharmacist and you're still doing that and you're doing your coaching gig as well. Is that right? Correct. So my coaching, my coaching is really not a side hustle. A lot of people refer to, oh, that's your side hustle. It's actually my passion. Uh-huh. It's what I was born into. Uh-huh. But in order to realize it, I had to go through a journey in order to yeah. uh, really step into my my truth. Right, uh, which is so path. much about, mm-hmm. about how we do us. It usually takes some type of major experience or we sort of have to get to a point where we're sick and tired of being sick and tired. And, you know, to paraphrase, and, you know, we come to that point where we're like, you know what, I'm ready to do something different. This is This is a sign for me. Yeah. And and I do believe that there's multiple signs along the way. It just, you know, do we choose to see it? Do we choose to believe it? Or do we just choose to continue to allow it to show up? And we're like, oh, just brushing it off and not recognizing that these are. I love that. I really believe that, too. I think there are multiple things that come up throughout our lives that really give us pause if we stop and allow ourselves to hear what it is, whatever message that's trying to come through. I think, in, particularly in our society, um, and I see this a lot with my client base, is you know we're we're so used to being in the mindset of I got to go, I got to hustle, I got all these things to do, I have people depending on me, I have all of this and that, and we don't allow ourselves to say, you know what, this could possibly be different if I'm just open to doing it differently. 
I, I kind of, as you're describing it, you know, what comes up to my mind is a shoebox. You know, we live in a very shoebox society. Like you're uh-huh. getting a pair, a box, and you open up that box, you you expect a certain pair of shoes that shows up in your in your box, right? So uh-huh. that, it's never you open up the box and something else inside. And over the year, we collect all these um, memories and ideas and beliefs, and we keep keep putting back into that shoebox. Uh-huh. And that shoebox is really containing a lot of your expectation, your belief, everything that you strive for, you believe it's true, you believe how the life should look like. But in reality, there's a there's so much more outside of that shoebox life. Yes, I love that analogy. That makes so much sense. It's and it, and it almost becomes a quest for so many of us. How much more can we put in our shoebox? Living in that shoebox means that you meet certain expectations. You have to be in a certain way, you know, physically, you need to be in a certain shape and mentally. And there's yeah. just so much of expectation and, and yeah. um, constraint around. Yeah. Well, and we don't, and sometimes we don't really allow ourselves to see that there's another way that we can actually do something. And really what that, what that really comes from is, is, you know, there's just a certain way that we've thought, a certain concept that we believe, or whatever, whether it's a belief system, a thought, or whatever, whatever story we're telling ourselves, it becomes so much like truth because we've thought it so often. It seems like gospel to us. And it goes back to how we're ignoring the signs that we're, yeah. that's been showing up. So there's always signs that show up along the way, things aren't working out or things are working out really great, but then we ignore it to, instead of celebrating these um, moments of yeah. champagne moment, we yeah. kind of just brush it off and say, oh, that was nothing. That was something expected. No, the fact yeah. that we are sitting here and having a conversation, that means, that tells me you had a journey and it was an amazing journey. And that shaped you becoming who you are today. And absolutely sitting here having absolutely. a conversation about this. So why don't we talk about, you know, your experience a little bit, because I'm always intrigued by listening to not just what other people deal with on a day-to-day basis. I mean, because we all have our own version of that, but but I'm particularly intrigued by people who have had to overcome such tremendous odds to get to where they are. Yeah, so my journey began when I was 11-year-old. So when I was 11, I had a big car accident. And as a result of that car accident, I am permanently disabled. I walk with crutches. And I, when I was um, discharged from the hospital, the doctor had given me a pair of metal brace to wear. So I had to wear that pair up until when I was 18. Uh-huh. Um, but it was really ugly. And no teenage teenage woman or young lady would be would be accepting the fact that I have to wear this until uh-huh. during my golden year of my teenager year. Uh-huh. Um, so I decided I was trying to get smart, you know, so I decided to take it off. Of course, that led to unable to walk properly so that my posture created a lot of pressure on my back. And slowly it becomes the fact that, you know, I no longer can walk more than, you know, two blocks without assistance. So I don't go anywhere without my crutches. My, I have to rely on those two crutches in order to walk. So I lived through that, that life pretty much uh, for the last uh, 30 years of my life. Um, so from 11 to all the way till 40, when I was 40, when I had the aha moment, uh-huh. it was 40 years of my life that I had to deal with this, this permanent physical disability. 
And um, let me just do a little visual for the for the listeners. So uh-huh. I'm only four feet four inches tall. Very small. Wow. Very pretty. Uh-huh. Yes, exactly. I go to the grocery store. But I have to struggle to always reach the stuff. I the bet. I'm sure you do. <laughs> and it was not something very comfortable to ask people around. Hey, can you grab me a bottle of soap? Or can you grab me yeah. my, you know, like feminine product? You know. Yeah. Right. Right. Totally. <laughs> it, it's very embarrassing. And and with crutches. So every time I walk to a public place, people would turn and they would look at me. And when they look, it's always felt like they're judging me. They're looking at me like, oh, what's, I wonder what's wrong with her. And that's what comes up in a lot of people's mind. Oh, I wonder what's wrong with her. What happened to her? And when some people, they hold on to that curiosity, they don't approach me because it's not polite to ask someone, yeah. a complete stranger, what's wrong with you? But I yeah. do <laughs> come across people who feel entirely comfortable in asking me and approaching me, hey, what's wrong with you? So with those moments, I felt like, you know, why am I really different from everybody? And I didn't choose to be in the accident. Accident happened. And it wasn't like if I had any any choices, I wouldn't be at that place at that time in that moment. Of I didn't course. ask for any of this. So what can I do? What did I do to deserve this? So for, for a good 40 years, I was in that, you know, we, we talk about self-care and self-love. There was zero self-care, self-love. I zero. I would wake up in the middle of the night and I would be crying simply mm-hmm. because I don't know what to do with myself. I was lost. Well, you kind of, you had, you, you're, you're kind of in that space where you're like, why, why is this, why is all of this happening? You know, mm-hmm. it's like, you know, if, okay, if this is my path, if this is the way my life is going to be, then, you know, show me what you, you know, let me be open to what can be possible. Yeah, I was asking for a sign. Like yeah. I was asking literally yeah. sitting on the curbside one day. I was crying. I was asking for a sign. Uh-huh. Tell me exactly why am I here? What am I doing here? Why am I trapped in this body? This this is not something that I want. You know, I want to be able to, you know, have a family, start a family, be be actually be loved and uh-huh. and someone actually admires me and would cherish me because the way I look. Yeah. Um but I didn't get that. I, I couldn't get that because when we talk about like setting up that first impression, um, that first impression generally comes from how how good you look. You know, people who look really good, you say, oh, yeah, that person looks really attractive. Attractive uh-huh. is not the word that I would necessarily use on myself, because when mm-hmm. I look into the mirror, what I see is someone who's really short. Um, her leg is really crooked. When she walks, she can't go anywhere without her crutch. And she pretty much doesn't have anything that any woman that I can see on social media, I turn uh-huh. around at work, everywhere I go, yeah. people look perfectly normal. Yeah. And, and being normal was important to me. And being normal means that, you know, I have a perfect size. Um, my height would be normal. My weight would be normal. Um, the clothing that I wear, I wouldn't have to change it in any other way. That is normal to me. Mm-hmm. Isn't it interesting, though, that, that to hear you say that, what I find incredibly interesting is, is that what it, what it really takes in order to be the best version of yourself is to not really be normal, you know, is, is to know what you stand for, because that's what makes you stand out. Exactly. Yeah. And being unique is actually yeah. a gift. It is. It's a gift. It's it a is. Gift. 
But I didn't realize that until later, until years later. So, you know, I was struggling with the idea of that imperfection is perfect. I was thinking that I need to be perfect in order to be perfect. Um, So I went through school as expected by my parents. I have a job and I do well at the job as expected by my manager, by my boss. I was doing a lot of fitting under a lot of expectation of others. Mm -hmm. And I was never being me. I was never asking myself, like, exactly what do you want? So when I was 40, finally, a lot of time and energy, (laughs) it sounds like on doing what you felt like you needed to do just to create Mm -hmm. for yourself. So I spent all that years, 30 years, and people ask me, hey, was it was it okay? Like, was it an aha moment? You just wake up one day and suddenly things change? No, it was every day constantly for 30 years that I was not in a very happy place, you know, but I, I chose not to recognize that. I chose it to uh, brush it under the rug and just pretend that it's not there. Uh-huh. And when I was 40, finally, one day I woke up, I'm like, okay, so I'm being, I'm tired of just being tired. I want to be different. Yeah. <laughs> what can I do to be different? So that morning, I remember I, I went to uh, Target and bought myself an exercise ball. There was balancing ball that, that we, we do exercise with. Uh-huh. Uh, so I bought one of those and I still have it in front of me. Actually, you know, I still use it when I work out. I bought it home and I said, OK, so I can't run. Um, I've never been able to run. But the very least I can do is I can walk. And I can sit here and I can use that balancing ball to get some kind of movement. So I started to um, look online. You know, I look for YouTube video that teach me how to use that exercise ball. I went to um, other workshops to learn how to use that exercise ball. So for the first week of that, when I, when I had that ball, I was just playing around with it, working with it. And finally, it got me to, okay, so I got to do more. And wanting to do more means that I need to be on a diet. So I actually went onto the diet and thankfully, you know, I also have the clinical background. So I was doing my own caloric count calculation. So I would count out how much exactly do I need for my height and how much deficit do I need to create in order to lose some weight? And what can I eat in order to meet my my nutrition requirement? So I was doing all that, map it all out. And then I took it a step further. I said, all right, so this is not enough. You know, I'm like really motivated now because I can actually do something about my physical health. So I went into a gym. First time stepping into a gym. It was amazing, truly amazing. Um, I walked in and I saw people like on the treadmill walking, they were lifting weights and, and people were just pumping. And I was really excited that I was, I was allowing myself to step into that moment where I can start taking some action to sure. make myself feel a little better. When that you could actually see yourself doing it too. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And, and I remember I approached to one of the personal trainers. I said, Hey, listen, you know, I've never gone in, I never got into the gym before. I don't know how to work the treadmill. Do you mind? Can you show me? Can you, can you help me? So uh-huh. I hired him as a personal trainer. I said, listen, I need your help. So the first time I step onto the treadmill, there's so many buttons. I didn't even know which one to press. It was uh-huh. like, yeah, I'm staring at it the can be confusing. I mean, yes. equipment these days can be very confusing. And the newer model, they're, they're crazy. They're, they're insane. Right. 
So I learned how to how to do the treadmill, and and he and I started to work out and together. And um, he showed me how to do the proper way, the forms, and it led to the following year in 2016. I decided to, to take it to the next level because I, I was really done. I was really done feeling tired and feeling sorry for myself. So. I said, okay, so I want to be able to belong to conversation where my friends were talking about hiking. I want to go hike, uh-huh. and so that year I booked myself a ticket to go to Cusco, Peru, and I went on a 26 miles of Inca Trail hike. Wow! With my two crutches, you just you didn't want to do just a small hike. You were like, forget that. Let's do something big. Yeah, it, it, you you. Go big or you go home. <laughs> That's right. I, girl, I'm with you. I agree. I want, we're on this planet one time, you know? Exactly. Go big or go home. And, and it was a, I, it was that idea, that determination. And I call uh-huh. this my, my 3D rule. There's determination, dedication, and discipline. Yes. Your determination is your purpose. You, you find your person, purpose of what you want to do in your life. And your, your, your dedication is that you're going to be showing up for your purpose, doing what you want to do every single day. That is your dedication. That is your commitment to do something. Uh-huh. And then your discipline is really about what can you do to make things better? So yes, you know, someday it may be working. Someday it may not be working. But the discipline comes in because you will continue to show up and knowing that every day it's a better version of yourself and every day you can change and refine. And that's how diamonds are, are found. Uh Uh-huh. Right. No, I totally agree. I think, you know, it's so easy in this day and age, especially we've gotten so conditioned to expect results quickly and Mm -hmm. if X, Y, and Z and all the right things, then at the end, the pot of gold at the end of the rainbow will just appear for us. And you know, sometimes it's not, it's just not that simple. I mean, I'm not saying that, you know, if you work hard, you won't get what's coming to you, but, but if that's all you're focused on, you're going to miss out on all the amazing things in between. I I believe the universe um, will give you what you need, not what you want. Yes. I completely agree with you too. Yeah. Yeah. The universe will give you what you need, not what you want. So what you want may be completely different, but what you really needed was, you know, going through all these challenges and obstacles. And so that you can learn more about who you are and how you're showing up in, in each and every single challenges and what you draw from it. That everything, everything in our life is always happening for us. It's never happening to us. Exactly older, but I've been working for myself now for almost 22 years. It'll be 22 years in April. And, you know, one of the things as I've gotten older that I've really learned to appreciate more and more, probably more in the last year than anything is, is that your greatest challenge is always your greatest opportunity. And it really, it's so sad to me because I see, I see so many people saying, why is this happening to me? I don't understand why this is happening to me. I just, why can't I, why isn't it my turn? Why can't anything work out for me? And, and sometimes it just takes us looking at things in a different way. I mean, imagine the energy shift when, if you're going from that space to saying, okay, what is this preparing me for? You know, what is it that's waiting for me on the other side of all of this? What do I need to tell myself to say what's next versus why now? What about what's next? It's just a different way to kind of to challenge yourself. So tell us a little bit about your hike. How did that go? 
It went, it was painful. Uh-huh. <laughs> it was not easy. It was very painful. So as I'm, I'm going upward trend because Machu Picchu is at four, the highest peak is at 14. That's on my bucket list. That Machu Picchu is on my bucket list. Oh, you got to go. Uh, that's yeah. one of the places I recommend to everyone that, you know, go. Whether oh, I do. I want to go someday. Whether you take it by train, whether you actually do the hike, go Machu Picchu. Yeah, uh-huh. it's a very beautiful place. The the whole whole four day hike was not easy. So I, I walked very slow. I walked very slow, and every step it was a push up. So my upper body strength is really strong because I was doing a lot of push up. Each step I had to climb over it because each steps is a it, the the so it's created by these uh, gigantic stone. So there's uh-huh. a lot of stone that that paved the way into the uh to to the to the Machu Picchu site and on the Inga Trail there's a lot of steps and a lot of stones and some of the stones are actually um uh taller than the length of my height uh-huh. or my leg so in order to get up to the next step I would have to land my crutch on the on the upper step and then get down to my knees and knees and leg and hands to actually crawl up and pick up my crutch and repeat that over and over again so the whole hike, you know, first day we hike about eight hours and 10 hours, and it was just a continuous hike. And we get uh, three breaks. So there's lunch, there's snack, and then uh, we finally reach to our campsite at night by right around like four, five, four or five o'clock before uh-huh. the sun sets. And I remember by the time I actually reached the campsite, my, my wrist was just burning. It was just hurting so much because I was constantly doing these push-ups on my crutches. Uh-huh. I bet. Yeah. So w- there's two things I learned um, on that trip. Actually, three things that I learned from that trip. Number one is, first of all, it's okay not to be able to speak another person's language because, you know, a lot of our connection is being made just by being genuine, just by showing up, just by being open minded to people. I and, absolutely agree with that. Very yeah. Good. yeah. And that's how you build connection. So that's okay. the first thing I learned. And the second thing I learned is that we no longer have a bucket list. You don't need a bucket list. You know, there's no more to-do list. You are fully present in that moment and you have a goal to accomplish. You are completely eliminating all these noises, everyday noises from outside of you. And you're just embracing that moment. So there's no need for a to-do list. There's no need for a bucket list anymore. And then the third thing I learned is that vulnerability is our superpower. (laughs) Ah, vulnerability like is that. really our uh-huh. superpower because at night my wrist would be so painful that I started to learn how to ask for help. I was always this strong person that you know I never cry in front of my parents. I never share any of the um, the the depression or depressing moment with my friends, uh-huh. even the closest one. They had no idea what I was going through. Because I simply didn't allow myself to be vulnerable in front of them. I didn't uh-huh. allow myself to ask for help when I. Well, we them. tend to think that we tend to think that. I don't want to say we, you and me, but I think there's a general consensus that if we do ask for help, that something must be wrong with us. Mm-hmm. Maybe we missed the boat somewhere, or maybe we're just not "quote unquote" strong enough to get through it. And I, I, I really do think that. There, there's a contingency of people that really believe that out there. Because um, to me, when you ask for help, you're basically saying, look, this is something I don't completely understand. And to me, that's a sign of strength. I didn't see that. 
Well, I can't see that at all. I, I think saw it's that completely as, normal to think that. Yeah. I mean, I, I I know for a lot of years, I didn't want to ask for help either. So like, even when I go to grocery store, you know, I, what I used to do is I just pretend that I didn't need to step on the top shelf and I just uh-huh. walked away. And, and that was me, you know, asking for help. Yeah. So on that trip, I started to learn how to ask for help, just being uh-huh. vulnerable. So I would ask bucket of water just to soak my hands so that it's, it can ease my pain at uh-huh. night. And so I continue to do that for the four days worth of hike. You know, every day we hike about eight to 10 hours. Um, and then finally, when we get to the last 50 steps, I just broke down in tears because I, I, couldn't, believe, I couldn't believe that I actually made it this far. Huge accomplishment. It was, it was um, not easy. <laughs> I bet. I'm sure it wasn't. Well, you know, honestly, if it were easy, everybody would be doing it. But you're, you know, you're basically distinguishing yourself from everybody else by saying, look, I have a million reasons why I probably can't do this. I can probably list a million more reasons than the average person, but I'm not going to do that because I'm, I'm going to be unique and true to myself and I'm going to do this. And, you know, there's no better definition, I don't think, of self-care than that. And I think it was really to the point where I, I was ready to prove to myself that I am capable of doing things. It was not, it was not an idea that, oh, I, I wanted to prove to someone that, uh-huh. you know, this is something, something that I'm capable. What, what I had, the mindset that I had walking into that situation was, I know this is going to be good for me. And uh-huh. I know this is important for me. And I, this is something I need to do. And, this and is it's something, something you can do for yourself. It's a gift you're giving yourself by saying, I'm going to do this. Amazing. Wow. I'm so impressed. That's incredible. So what's your next hike? My next hike, I had Kilimanjaro on my list. Ah, <laughs> wow. So when is that? Kilimanjaro, it's coming. I haven't, I haven't been able to put it actually uh, into uh, execution because they're just, you know, my current focus is really growing my coaching business. Uh-huh. Um, so that is currently not on my on my list of top priorities. Well, it is. It is. You put it out there, but you just don't have a date yet. I don't have a date yet. Yeah. It's not on the top of my priority right now. Yeah. Yeah. How amazing. Wow. I'll we'll have to have you back when you have that, um, you know, when you have a date and a, and a plan for that. So. Oh, I'll be I'll be reaching out to you. I'll be saying, oh, to you, hey, Allison, I, I just finished because, because you, know, the you know, we can tell ourselves a million different ways since Sunday why something's not going to work. Well, it's too hard. It's too challenging. It's going to be too expensive. I can't take that much time off work, whatever, you know, whatever it is that you're telling yourself. But, you know, at the end of the day, we're on this planet one time. And I think if this past year has taught us anything, it's that. You know, when you get an idea like that, there's a reason why you're getting an idea, you know, and and it really is a is 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 up to you to carry that out in in the way in the way that really speaks to you. It's a it's a choice between listening to your heart, Uh listening to your inspirations or choosing to continue to believe into the fear or just feed into the fear. Yeah, totally. And, you know, at the end of the day, I think everybody needs. I always want to make sure that on every show that I do, whether I'm talking to somebody or whether I'm just speaking myself, is that, you know, at the end of the day, we've always got a choice as to how we do us. And, you know, we, I don't ever want anyone walking away from any of my shows and say, you know what, I, I really don't have a choice for me today. Because I really think that 
everybody, you do have a choice. It's just a, a question of what you decide to do. There's actually seven choices that people can make. So uh-huh. the seven choice we talked about a little bit earlier about energy, right? The yeah, type totally. of energy we carry into the into the situation, into our our um, the things that are happening to us or around us. So there's seven different ways of choosing. One uh-huh. is, you know, why does it happen to me? Why is this only happening to me? That's a victim mind mind of uh-huh. looking at things. The other option uh-huh. is to coming off at a at more anger anger type of energy, you know, you know what, this should never happen to me. And I don't know why, you know, people are just getting into my way, I need to do something. And who do uh-huh. I need to blame for this? Right. So it's more anger energy or anger uh, perception. The next one would be the more of a taking personal responsibility. You know, I don't have a have a lot of choice, but here I am, I'm stuck. Let me just think of some way to make it work. So uh-huh. let me just put up with it. And I will deal with it. So that's another way of looking at it. That's another choice that we can make, taking personal responsibility. Mm-hmm. The next one would be a more loving and kindness approach, which is, um, you know, there's a lot of people who, we, when we look around, who's even more unfortunate than we are. So why not let me start helping them? So we start having coming up with that loving and caring and service mindset by helping them instead of thinking how sorry we are for ourselves. So ah. coming from the service, that's another choice. Okay. The, the next one would be the opportunity choices. We can look at the situation and say, what can I learn from this experience? That's another way of choosing. The next one would be uh, number six would be, um, you know, everyone shared the same talent and we all have our strength. Why not get together and how we can support each other in a community sense and how can we help each other to become better? So maybe starting a support group, maybe have, go to a workshop. How can we pull all the, all the different uh-huh. strength and uniqueness that, cre- uh-huh. that we can create something even better? So right. maybe starting a podcast, you know, that would be great. Um, so it's about co-creating. It's, a, it's also a choice. The absolute um, highest level of, of how we can consciously choose our life is actually coming off from the, from the place of wisdom. The world is full of pain and suffering, but all these pain and suffering and struggle is only because we have a lot of attachment, a lot of judgment around the things that's happening to us. So the idea is we are in this earth, on this planet to experience life. So if I were to approach it as from an experience perspective, everything is transient. Everything can change any given moment. That's true. That's very true. So instead of having just one option, instead of just having one option to choose, you have seven different ways of choosing how you want to approach the situation. Oh, I love that. That is so, I think that that in and of itself, I think is so helpful for for anybody to hear on any given day. And it's really cool. It's really cool that we, right now, you know, you and I sitting here, we can choose out of all these different seven levels. And Mm -hmm. and it's almost like, you know, going to an elevator and you have all these seven different buttons that you can choose. And when you press one, when you choose one, your, your door is going to open and that is going to allow you to go into something completely different and having a different outcome. So yeah. you have the option of pressing the button. Which button do you want to go and yeah. what filter do you want to wear to see the challenge right. or obstacles, whatever it is in front of you? 
You're right. Well, it's like a, a colleague of mine says, she's a mindset expert too. And she says, you know, there's no such thing as the perfect decision. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we, we wrestle so much with what's the best choice for me. What's the best, what's the best option for me? What's the best route to go? And the reality is, is that if we, once we make a decision, then there's always going to be more decisions to make. And the more we learn to make decisions, the easier those decisions will actually get. So instead of staying in the space of which choice do I make, like of of these seven choices, okay, which one really aligns with you today? Pick that one. And then when that door opens, then you'll be, you'll, you know, at some point you'll be faced with making a different decision, you know, and then you reevaluate. So, you know, it allows you to at least keep moving forward. I I believe life happens uh, not by coincidence, Mm -hmm. but by synchronicity. So all the events are synchronized. I don't really believe that anything in our lives is a complete coincidence. So when people say, oh, so-and-so called me right out of the blue, and I'm like, yeah, I don't know if it's out of the blue. I think that would sounds like it was a, a, it was obviously lined up to happen to you at that certain time. Yeah, This has been great. I have really enjoyed talking to you and hearing your story. Let's say someone out there is listening, someone in my audience, and they're really liking, really liking this conversation, but maybe they're wrestling with which of these seven options do I choose and, and how, how, what is going to be my moment when I decide to go on a, you know, a hike to Peru, you know, or whatever, maybe, maybe it's not a hike, maybe it's something else. What advice would you give that person that they could actually start today, that they could start implementing today? I would say that 99% of the time we're all doing a lot of thinking in our mind. Our uh-huh. mind is so busy doing a lot of thinking. So instead of doing the thinking, think not, don't think, just follow your heart. Listen uh-huh. to the heart and, and just check in with your body every now and then and just ask your body, what does my body need right now? Yeah, I love that. I think, you know, we're so quick to make a choice and then we think, gosh, I shouldn't have done that. So I love that. Just kind of sit with it and, and listen to what your heart is telling you to do. Yeah. Where, where is it that you feel most inspired? And maybe your body needs, needs a rest, right? Yeah. Now. I'm sure you needed one when you got home from Peru. I, I totally did. And, and I <laughs> rewarded myself with a big hamburger. <laughs> oh, I love it. I love it. I love it. It was something that my body was asking. So I chose uh-huh. to listen to my body and say, okay, yeah, you deserve a hamburger. Here you oh, go. Wonderful. I love it. Michelle, where can people find you? They can find me on my website. My website is at elevatelifecoaching.org. Elevatelifecoaching.org. Okay. So elevatelifecoaching.org. So anyone wanting to connect with Michelle, well, you can grab that link right here in the show notes. Um, and you can head over to her site and, and you know, hook up with her if you want to um, want to explore anything with her. So Michelle, do you have any parting words? I said self-love is really about honoring yourself for what you need at the moment. I love it. Thank you so much for making time to talk with me today. I really appreciate it. Thank you so much for having me. Oh, my pleasure. We'll have to have you back when you have your Mount Kilimanjaro trip mapped out. You can you can talk to us a little bit about that. So Absolutely. You have my word yes. on it. So if anyone out there listening is feeling really inspired, um, maybe you're, you find yourself somewhere in these seven choices please reach out and connect with Michelle. Um, 
you know, I always want to make this space a free and open space to examine not just how we do us, but the different choices that we can make for us, because it's all part of, it's all wrapped up in how we do us. And that's really what self-care is. If you are not yet in my private Facebook community, please come over and join me there. Living Your Ultimate Life Through Fitness and Self-Care. We do all kinds of really fun challenges and free events in there. And it really is where we talk about all things fitness and self-care. And that usually includes travel. So, So please come over and join me there if you're not there. And if you're not on Facebook and you want to connect with me, please head over to my website at cufitness.com, the letter C, the letter U, fitness.com, and click contact us and send me an email. Or you're welcome to email me directly at allison, with one L, A-L-I-S-O-N, at cufitness.com. And tell me, tell me, tell me about you. Tell me what works. Tell me what doesn't. Tell me where you are. Um, this is how we learn to figure out what our journey is, is often we learn what works for people and sometimes what doesn't work for people. And if you're feeling at all inspired and moved and want to become a supporter of the ultimate journey of self-care, you can find the podcast tab on my website. We have three unique ways that you can support us in the airspace and we will send you a free gift on top of that. You can take a look. These are all one-time contributions, so it's, there's no monthly subscription or anything like that. Um, but if you're feeling inspired, wonderful. And if you're not, you can, we'll, we will continue to be here every single week, uh, talking to interesting people, just like Michelle to, um, to share their story. So, um, I just, before I sign off, I just want to thank you for always supporting and always listening and sharing our message. If you know anybody that needs to hear this particular episode today, please feel free to share that with them, um, as a free gift. Um, We are heard worldwide now. We are in over 25 countries. We reach new people every week, and I couldn't do it without your support. And I just want you to know how incredibly grateful and inspired I continue to feel to show up here every week and to bring you the absolute best, um, best information that I absolutely can. So thank you from the bottom of my heart. Um, This is Allison Katzkowski with The Ultimate Journey of Self-Care. You are one step closer to living your ultimate life. So make it a good one. 